So what are some of the emerging cybersecurity challenges involving medical devices in the year ahead? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Professor Kevin Fu, Director of the Archimedes Center for Medical Device Security at the University of Michigan. Kevin is also co-founder of cybersecurity firm Verta Laboratories. Kevin will be speaking to us about some of his predictions related to medical device cybersecurity for 2018. So Kevin, for starters, you were just elected as a fellow to Technology Professional Association, IEEE, for your contributions to embedded and medical device security. Congratulations on that. And for our listeners who aren't familiar with the work of IEEE, what does this honor mean to you? And what does it mean in terms of the significance to the work that IEEE does, especially when it comes to medical device security? It's a great honor to receive it. It's certainly an honor for the individual, but um, it also recognizes uh, larger group efforts. So I've been part of several groups working to improve the computer security of medical devices. And this has really been you know, a decade plus in the making. A decade ago, I would say there were just a few of us who would get together to try to figure out how can we improve some of the security behind the scenes. And it's really grown in the last decade. It's it's become quite the quite the community. So now, Kevin, as director of the Archimedes Center... A great deal of the work you do examining cybersecurity issues of medical devices takes place in academic type of settings. For instance, we often hear about how ethical hackers in laboratory settings have demonstrated how security vulnerabilities in medical devices can potentially be exploited and potentially lead to harm to patients. When it comes to the kind of work you and other medical device cyber experts do in the academic and research settings, how do you transition that into developments and lessons that can then be applied by security practitioners who work in healthcare settings? Well, I think, number one, one of the great things about academia is the people in academia tend to be the producers of ideas. They, they rarely or less often do they produce products, but they produce wonderful students who become uh, leaders elsewhere. And there's also a notion called technology transfer. So in particular, for instance, uh, a couple of the students and I uh, co-founded a company to really go the next mile. In the laboratory, for instance, we had worked on technology to detect malware non-intrusively on medical devices by analyzing the power consumption of the power outlet where you connect a medical device. You know, we tried to transfer that to practice uh, in the industry and some just really interesting things happened. I think the number one thing is when you go from academia to working in industry, you get a different lens. You, You learn about different kinds of problems. And one of the things we learned was that the problems hospitals are facing to protect their clinical networks were even much worse than we had anticipated. For instance, it was very seldom would we find a hospital that had a good grasp of what devices were even on their network and how well patched all the devices were. Basically, what I would attribute to basic cybersecurity hygiene. So at that point, we realized the great technology we created in academia while working fine really wasn't solving their problem because they had much bigger problems, much more fundamental problems before they could tackle the the more advanced ones. What are some of the examples of those sorts of problems? So some of the examples of the fundamental problems are, for instance, being able to patch the medical devices, knowing what's patched, knowing what's a high priority, but 
it's important to know what's a high priority, not just in terms of IT security risk, but clinical risk. And right now, it's a little bit difficult for the healthcare delivery organizations to figure this out. There aren't a whole lot of consensus standards around this yet. There are some great, for instance, metrics on the severity of a security hole, but there aren't really well-established metrics on how do you translate that into clinical risk. For instance, there are certain security controls that actually introduce new risks. And so you might actually choose to not deploy a security control in order to have stronger patient safety. So a lot of what we do is about bringing good science to understanding risk management in terms of cybersecurity on, on those clinical networks. So, Kevin, with all of that said, looking ahead to 2018, what are some of the emerging cybersecurity trends and evolving threats facing the healthcare sector that involve medical devices? Well, I think it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to realize that the ransomware is, is going to continue to be sort of a basal drip of, of risk for all the, the healthcare providers. There's a huge amount of legacy equipment. We've worked in some places where there's installations of Windows 3.1 still running uh, on their medical devices. So there's, there's going to be a, a very long tail of having to, to clean up these legacy devices, and they are going to be susceptible to ransomware. At the same time, a concern I have is about the integrity of the diagnostic and therapeutic devices. What do I mean by that? Medical devices contain sensors, and these sensors are used to make decisions or provide clinical uh, cognitive support to the clinicians. And one of the things I predict will happen, if not next year, probably in the coming years, is we're finding that many devices don't have controls in place to ensure they are high integrity, and high availability, even in the presence of some kind of malicious intent like malware. So, Kevin, you mentioned sensors and sort of the components in medical devices that might be vulnerable. What about consumer wearable health devices and even some of these applications that we're seeing and the desire by patients to share their data with their healthcare providers? What are some of the cyber risks there in doing that? And do you think there are similar problems with these products on the consumer side as there are in the healthcare setting with medical devices? Well, that's a really interesting question, and there's a huge spectrum of different kinds of devices with different levels of risk. I think at the low end of risk, you have the, the Fitbit, the, the monitors of step counters that are there mostly for informational purposes. And then at the high end, you have things like implantable devices that provide continuous time telemetry to the clinicians. And what I mean by that is uh, in the old days, you'd make an appointment. Every few months, you'd go in, you know, they, they'd check your heart. Now you can actually do that continuously, and there's a lot of benefits to patients. There's actually been studies done, control trials, showing that this continuous monitoring can actually lead to better health outcomes for the patients. Now, the risk side, when we start to use some of these consumer devices like Fitbits for actual diagnosis or therapy, that starts to get a little bit dicey because the kind of safety controls that you would expect on a regulated medical device are much higher than what you will find built into consumer devices. And it's not unexpected. They weren't designed to meet that much higher bar. So I, I would be concerned if we find like something that's uh, dosing drugs or something that's emitting a shock based upon the output of a consumer health monitoring sensor that was never designed to be part of something so advanced in the first place. 
And then on, on the high end, the things like the cardiac implant, some of the perhaps some of the future drug infusion systems, I do have concerns just because the, the sensors are, shall we say, sort of out of sight, out of mind, and we have yet to find protection systems in place to protect against adversarial conditions. We see technology in place to prevent sort of accident and, and just routine um, reliability issues and safety issues. But when a, an adversary actually wants to cause harm, we, we have difficulty finding controls in place to, to mitigate those risks. So, Kevin, what other types of embedded technologies or components or IoT should concern healthcare providers when it comes to cybersecurity issues that might not involve traditional medical devices but pose risk? And what should they be doing about this? Well, for the health delivery organizations, I think one of the bigger risks is what's become known affectionately as shadow IT, devices that appear on your clinical networks that the institution had never intended to be on that clinical network. It could be a patient who plugs in a device, you know, they see a jack on the wall and they plug in their device to get internet connectivity. Um, it could be a, cl- a well-meaning clinician who picks up, you know, an interesting device at one of their medical discipline conferences and, and plugs it in. With the holidays around the corner, I'm imagining we'll start seeing reception areas plugging in LED light bulbs and, and other decorations. And just keep in mind, these things are now running on software. You connect it to a machine and you've pierced your perimeter. And because we don't have a good handle on inventory, because a lot of security is perimeter-based rather than risk-based and risk-managed-based, you're going to see that these systems don't fail gracefully. You're going to see that a medical device that's exposed to a threat, sort of all bets are off. Whereas what we really need to do, we need to get to a position where we know our, our inventory, that the hospitals know everything on the network, they know the risks, so they can triage based on the cybersecurity risk. But moreover, the medical devices need to continue to function safely and effectively even if the network is compromised. This is possible. I teach hundreds of students every year how to build systems like this. It's not out of reach, but the fact is the products out there today don't quite follow the uh, security requirements that you might expect in in a rigorously secure system. So number one, need to get a much better control on the inventory of both the intended medical devices on the clinical networks. And number two, get an inventory of that shadow IT so that you'll know what's you're truly at risk for it. Thanks, Kevin. I've been speaking to Professor Kevin Fu. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.